I'm a stupid bitch. I'm a stupid bitch. I am a stupid bitch. I am a stupid bitch. Oh. So he was just letting people know that he fucked. Yeah, basically. And he talked about a lot about how he goes on lots of dates off dating apps. But he probably, like, never gets a second date. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, ever. Yeah. Um, and I watched him do a, a demonstration on how to put a condom on properly. <laughs> and he, he, at the end, he pulled the tip. And he was like, make sure you pull the tip up in case there's forceful ejaculation. <laughs> and my sister was like... It's good to know that the ugly weird guy in your sister's stool droop is just coming like an absolute fire hose. It, I, because she was really worried about this presentation because I guess they get marked on it, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's all these booths set up or whatever. And, yeah, yeah. And I was like, just give him a specific task. And she's like, well, I don't know what the task is. I was like, get him to demonstrate how to use the condoms. He obviously likes talking about it and he's not embarrassed to talk about it. And you know what I mean? Like I yeah. was like, just... <laughs> distract him with something so that other people can do the more important stuff that will be noticeable if it's being done by somebody weird yeah and it's like fine (laughs) people are gonna feel weird about that type of presentation anyways so it's like it doesn't matter if he's weird because they'll just think that they're the ones that are being weird you know what i mean you're so smart and then he was like showing people how to like make dental dams out of condoms and he's like here's a fun trick (laughs) like (laughs) have you ever used a dental dam Mm -mm. Why would I ever use that? Do you want to know something funny? Yeah. Okay, it's not really funny. It's sort of Okay. Okay. So, I'm reading a book right now that's, like, collected writing, I guess, like, essays that people wrote about food. Okay. And one of them was written by Nigella Lawson. Nice. You know how she is, obviously, right? So, like, she's, like, beautiful... British trout set symbol, whatever, from the UK. And she talks about in the essay, she's like, the person who I live with is allergic to shellfish. I'm like, okay, obviously I'm going to look up the date of the essay and see who she lived with at the time that she wrote it. Mm -hmm. So all these articles are about how her husband died of, her first husband died of throat cancer Okay. And all I could think about was Michael Douglas getting throat cancer and then saying it was because he ate too much pussy. It's true, though. He had HPV in his throat. Yeah. Because yeah. he ate Catherine... Because he was married to Catherine Seda-Jones. So it's like, what are you going to do? Not eat, eat her, her pussy, pussy every day? Yeah. And it's the disease of the husbands of beautiful women. It is. I just want to say, I'm so sorry that my boyfriend is going to have to die in early death. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was talking Everyone about... has HPV, though. I know. So how are you not going to get HPV in your throat? Think about that. I also feel like or it's people men... who are predisposed to, like... Okay, I feel like it's really... I mean, I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's less likely for women to get throat cancer from eating pussy. Because right, because they it's unnatural already... for men to do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, because they already all have HPV. Yeah, exactly. So if so, you have HPV, you're not going to get it from introduce it to another part of pussy. your body. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Yeah. But if a man doesn't already have HPV and then eats someone's pussy, like he's more likely to get throat cancer. Did you know that that's how herpes works? Yeah. In most cases. Like if you already have it. Yeah. yeah. If you have like HSV. 
one. Like, one, yeah. which, like, 85% of people do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter if someone sucks your death when they have a cold sore. <laughs> no, that's true, yeah. Which, I freaked out when my doctor told me that. I was like, what? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that's true. I was talking to someone recently, and they were like, what do you... Do you have like how do you like practice safe sex when you have one night stands? And I was like, well, first of all, I don't do that. Right. So I'm already safe. You don't practice safe sex. No, I don't have one night stands. <laughs> but you can't. But you, you can't. You really have safe sex if you're a lesbian. No, you. First of all, you can't have safe sex if you're a lesbian. But it also, which is why you have to get married and move in together after the second date. Right. Because otherwise, God can see you. That's true. Um, second of all, it's not really a vector of infection. Like, it's just not. Yeah. If you I, have, I, like, I, a, an actual crazy STI, maybe, mm. but, like, regular stuff is, like, really not that high risk. Here's exactly. You can't get, like, mouth chlamydia. You know what I mean? No. You do need oral genre, but it's so rare. Yeah, and, like. Also, you can just get rid of it with antibiotics. Yeah. So. And, like, you're not going to get herpes. Remember when Pat Reedon had Donnery of the Throat? Yeah. <laughs> I know a guy that gave himself herpes. Really? Like dick herpes. Because he had, like, a active cold sore, and he was mm-hmm. making out with a girl, and then she mm-hmm. sucked his dick, mm-hmm. and he got dick herpes. Whoa. Like, he spread it to himself, basically. That's crazy. Yeah. I feel like the only STIs, which aren't even STIs, that you're going to get from being a lesbian... Um, you're just going to get UTIs, bacterial yeah. vaginosis, and yeast infections. Yeah. That's the only thing you're going to get. Or, like, crabs. From <laughs> sexual activity with other women. Basically, yeah. Yeah, just her armpit hair is going to get, like, braided In into your, pussy. your pubes. Yeah. And it's <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you're exactly, you're exactly right, though. It's just, like, really not. But you also are at risk of getting those things whenever, like, even if you're fucking a man, pussies are just... Honestly, pussies are trash. Like, they just... No, but seriously, <laughs> yeah, they're, they just, they're dirt vacuums. Yeah. Like, they just want to not be working No, properly. exactly. Like, you're... No matter who you're fucking, you're gonna get a UTI, a yeast infection, and bacterial vaginosis. Yeah. It's, it's just that the risk of other things are less if you're, like, eating a girl out because, like I said, you're not gonna get mouth chlamydia. Yeah. Remember when I, I first started seeing... Uh, my boyfriend and he like he called me and he like thought he had an STI but he neglected to mention that he had electrocuted yeah. his penis when he was drunk as a bit and then in the in the was winter. outside and got frostbite on his dick also like yeah. in the same day yeah um and then didn't tell me any of that and then I freaked out and I went to the doctor and she was like do you have a new boyfriend and I was like yeah why and she was like oh you have a UTI and also you're an idiot. Yeah, it's new boyfriend disease. Yeah, literally, that's what she said. I was like, okay. Every time I start fucking a new girl, I mm-hmm. get a yeast infection. Yeah, of course. It's just new. You're introducing new bacteria so to the environment. Allergic to thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm allergic to hoes. <laughs> I, uh... My toxic addiction. <laughs> literally. Um, no, but, like... I've just, like, never really had to deal with any of that stuff unless mm-hmm. I'm dating a girl that had been previously sleeping with a man, like, very recently and was, like, yeah. worried that she had something from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the risk is so low. And, like, I kind of, like, had, like, a f- like a weird moment today because I found out that my ex-girlfriend had an abortion yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, because, like, that's never something I have to 
think, think about. about. I yeah. mean, some of my friends have had like pregnancy scares, but I don't have a friend that's actually had an abortion that I'm aware of. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, it's always like, oh, it's a possibility, but I've never been faced with someone that I was in a relationship with actually having had an abortion. I've always been so much more scared of STIs than I am of pregnancy. Yeah. Because I know I would just get an abortion. Yeah. And she wasn't even mad about it. I was like, how are you feeling? And she's like, so much better. She was like, I was nauseous for a month. I feel great now. I was like, okay, good. Because like, I'm freaked out. <laughs> I yapped in the bathroom at work. Second day on the job. I christened the public washroom. Woo! <laughs> Back on your bullshit. Yeah. It has good mirrors. That's good. That's why I took the job. I'm taking fit pics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Also, it shares a parking lot with a Menchie's and a Popeye's, <gasps> which is gonna. Uh, I'm counting down the days until I Get am Popeyes just <laughs> so desperate at, at lunchtime or like in the on my way home from work. Oh my god, that's dangerous. I know. Hopefully, you guys move offices soon. Seriously. It's on the horizon. Yeah, and then I'll be in Little Italy. Fuck that. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, with all the Italians. Anyways. Yeah. Should we talk about stuff? Yes, we should. Okay, so first things first, everybody do a dance. Kamala Harris has officially pulled out of the presidential race. Do the Mayor Pete dance. Oh no. You know she had high, high hopes for a minute. (laughs) Anyways, um, that's the only line I know from that song. I didn't even know the lyrics properly. What you just said was not what I thought the lyrics were, but... Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> no, it's, maybe it's, it's them who's wrong. Um, yeah, Kamala is not my mamala. Anymore. Anymore. <laughs> ever. She pulled out... I watched her statement. It was pretty brief, but she basically said that she doesn't have the finances to continue, but it's a very <laughs> transparent excuse, in my opinion. I think I think for the that fact she, that her campaign is tanking, yeah. I think yeah, obviously her campaign is tanking, and I can't say uh, I'm sad or imagine anyone else is that there isn't big money in jailing children and single moms. <laughs> I think people were just kind of like tired of her bullshit. Like, she, well, she's just boring. She's just boring, and like people were like, "Oh, this is like she's actually a bad person." Yeah. And the people that were very like Kamala is my mamala mm-hmm. aren't people that are going to donate to a campaign because it's very transparent. Like it's very uh, superficial. Right at surface level support. Surface level because she's a black woman. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. She kind of alluded to that in her statement. She was like, "I'm going to continue for the voices of people that aren't being heard." Go like, off. <laughs> okay. Actually, you know what you should do is talk less. <laughs> Making space for people by talking less. Yeah. That's some, actually my activism. New. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> As a white man, yeah. I- <laughs> make space for queer voices by speaking less i'm a really i've talked about this before but i'm such a i'm a dead activist because i take up as little space as possible by um restricting calories and over exercising <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and that's activism yeah i can't say i'm sad i saw a lot no. of tapes about how it's a white supremacy who said it 
fucking someone famous Lauren for being, Duca. Lauren Duca. So I was about My to say nemesis. someone famous for being brutal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, yeah, she said that it, it, white supremacy isn't just a Fox News problem and that everybody who's left in the race is white, which really is erasing Elizabeth Warren, first of all. Second true. of all, Bernie Sanders is Jewish. Okay, true. Um, Pete Buttigieg is, is gay. gay. That's basically, that's a whole race of only POCs. I don't know what people act like. Uh, like, it ever hasn't been a white supremacy thing. Like, I know that that's not, like, a good reason to keep only having white candidates, but everybody, like, just forgot what life was like before Barack Obama was in the White House. I don't like. Yeah, I don't, you know I don't what think I mean? that any of the candidates are good. No, but I don't think that. And maybe I'm wrong. You know, but I'm right. <laughs> um, like Butcher and Gabbard and Harris aren't in the race because, because they're not. They're not white. No, they're not viable candidates. Yes, and nobody else is either. Also, is Tulsi Gabbard not white? Yeah, she's half Indian. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's why she was hot. Yeah, she's matched. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. It's not because they're not white. It's because they had no discernible platform or goals. Well, they were like, goals. Sh- sh- I don't, not like shadow candidates, but like mannequin candidates almost. Yeah. It's like this Democratic Party does this thing where it's like, they're so desperate. They don't have... A candidate that's perfect, quote, um, that they they can throw all their energy into like they did with Hillary Clinton. Yeah. They don't want to support Bernie Sanders. Because they're stupid. So they're hedging their bets between Warren and Biden because oh. they're the two, you know, they, they feel so like they're like the, dark. The, the best of the worst. But essentially what it feels like they were doing in this primary is... Um, throwing spaghetti at the wall. They're and like, maybe this one will stick. Yeah, putting a lot of like boring, like figureheads all lined up in a row, and hoping that if there were just like enough choices, it would create an illusion that made like American voters and Canadian bystanders um, not realize how shitty all of them are on an individual basis, how unfit. Yeah. They all are to, like, <laughs> Well, yeah, the, the, the people, it's the illusion of choice, right? When mm-hmm. really it's, like, half of these people aren't viable candidates, so they're not a good, you can't choose them. And the other half are viable candidates in the sense that they are, like, politicians mm-hmm. and have been successful in that realm in the past, but they're not good candidates. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't like the implication that people are not choosing quote unquote the right candidates because of race Mm -hmm. because I think that it's very I just think it's shitty to be like oh you guys didn't want Kamala Harris because she's black when it's like no people don't want Kamala Harris because she's a bad person she sucks (laughs) you know what I mean and it's Mm -hmm. reductive Mm -hmm. to use the my favorite word Mm -hmm. to say that it's because she's black yeah of course it's tired. She's a cop. Yeah. 
Cop first, Blanche second. <laughs> <laughs> well, friend of the pod, Chris, from Beepe Bledis, even said in the comments of that Lauren Duter post, he was like, yeah, but she directly contributes to white supremacy, supremacy by continually jailing young, disenfranchised black and brown people. Of course. And upholding the three strikes rule in the state of California. God for nonviolent offenses. Did you see Kristen Bailey's post about that? No. It was like a picture uh, of someone hugging someone and it was like a heart and it was like, I have you forever, always. And it was like uh, the state of California under the three strikes rule for nonviolent offenders. (laughs) (laughs) Very funny. Her mind. What else happened in the world of identity politics and celebrity? Um... Dakota Johnson was on Ellen Ellen. again. Okay. She's been on before. Can we just open this segment by saying that I've always been part of the Dakota Hive and that I've been persecuted in silence for many years Really? because she was in 50 shades of gray and everybody clowned on her. She's so She's hot. a real Kristen Stewart. She's so hot. Was, She's a good actress, but okay. people clowned on her cuz she was in a shitty movie. Okay. One time Two times. <laughs> two times. Two of them. As opposed to three times, like Kristen Stewart. The third one's coming out. <laughs> okay. She's so hot. She's so hot. I was watching the YouTube video um, of her on Ellen when I was in the bath before you came. Don't touch. Don't touch watching Dakota Johnson in the bath. She always has really good outfits, her too. Her outfit right? was killer i was like i want this outfit um her hair looked perfect she's beautiful she didn't she didn't have any time for ellen which was very funny it was kind of a bit of a like dakota johnson clap backs claps back moment which is like Mm -hmm. annoying because i know that she's also rich and whatever but Mm -hmm. like i fucking hate ellen it was so (laughs) funny when she was like ask anyone yeah (laughs) She was talking about how Tid Nataro did a set at her birthday party as a surprise, which, first of all, comedians, if you're listening, it's not a good gift. No, do not. Never do a set at your friend friend or family's event, even if they ask you to. Do not. Beforehand, do not do it. Mm -mm. It's a guaranteed way to ruin a party if people find out that you're a stand-up comedian. Genuinely, yeah. It's bad. My friend Gloria's mom asked me if I sent me an email and asked me if I could do like some sort of like business chamber for women event. And I was like, I absolutely cannot. But here's a list of women that I can recommend. I was going to ask. Yeah. Did you give uh, her like Jen? Jen Grant. Friend? Jen Grant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah Jen Grant. Um, well, she does so many corporates. Like, yeah. Obviously that's her thing. She can do it. But um she she was like, yeah, Tinnatar is my favorite comedian. And then she's like, oh, besides you, I was like, okay. Ellen isn't even Dakota Johnson's favorite middle-aged lesbian, lesbian comedian. comedian. <laughs> that fucking rules. <laughs> okay, so just for background context, mm-hmm. last time Dakota Johnson was on the Ellen show, mm-hmm. she was wearing a mini skirt. Mm-hmm. And Ellen was like, oh my god, close your legs. You didn't think about what outfit you were going to wear before coming on this show? Yeah. And she looked hot, so like, mm-hmm. grow up. 
Um, Listeners, you can't see, but I flipped off the microphone. Ellen just has, like, a sexual problem with her, I think. Okay. Because she's, like, in her... Like, she's 30 now. Like, she's barely 30. And I will say this. I don't think she looks that dissimilar to, like, a young brunette Portia Rossi if Portia Rossi didn't have an eating disorder. Exactly. That's what... I think she has, like, a sexual problem with her. Yeah. So this time when she came on, obviously things were already weird. And, like... Dakota Johnson said mm-hmm. she got roasted by Ellen last time for not inviting her to her birthday party. Mm-hmm. So she invited her this time. And Ellen didn't show up. And Ellen didn't show up because she was at the baseball game with George Bush. No way. It was October 5th mm-hmm. and Dakota Johnson's birthday was October 4th. Wow. We really cracked the case wide open, folks. Life is full of choices. That's all I'm going to say. I just would, laughed li- so Would hard. you go to Dakota Johnson's birthday party where Ted Notoro is performing, or would you go to a fucking baseball game with fucking George W. Bush? Right? No. <laughs> it just made me laugh so hard because she was like, oh, you didn't invite me to your birthday. And she was like, actually, that's not true. I did. She had the receipts. Ask anyone. <laughs> Ask anyone. <laughs> Ask your producer, Jonathan. He's right there. <laughs> He's right Would there. Would you like to ask him? <laughs> and then they're like, actually, you were invited. <laughs> but Dakota Johnson has a history of doing stuff like that on talk shows. Really? Have you seen the video of her on uh, Jimmy Fallon? No. He was like asking her a story and she kept trying to explain it. He kept interrupting her to do like bits. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then she went, aren't you supposed to let people talk on this show? <laughs> yes. Tanti <Yes. laughs> Icon. I love that. I get, I understand why people like the video Mm -hmm. and I saw a lot of criticism being like, oh, they're both rich people. Who cares? But it's like, somebody needs to stop Ellen and it's going to be another rich person. True. Because who else could it be? Right. I mean, uh, I think a poor person automatically gets maced if they come within a hundred feet of Ellen DeGeneres. Exactly. That's why she has bouncers. Mm -hmm. So it's going to have to be a rich person. (laughs) Why not her? (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, I I just, like, I think that, like, in the revolution, I'm going to cry if I have to shoot Dakota Johnson, but, like, I would shoot Ellen Jenner's with a smile on my face. I just <laughs> yeah. never want to see her dance again, you know? Or I'd keep her and I'd make her dance for eternity. That's cruel. I, mean, <laughs> I would, like, be really sad if I had to shoot Dakota Johnson in the revolution, but I would ask her if she wanted to fuck first. <laughs> <laughs> do you want your pussy the, one last time before i have to kill you so generous of you very bond yeah <laughs> hold a gun to her head you know <laughs> um do you want to talk about emotional labor oh my god don't we all <laughs> this what i do on this podcast I is think. emotional labor yeah podcasting is emotional labor and it's also sex work yeah, I've seen the I've seen the tape that podcasting is sex work before, but arguably, I mean, if you do it well, if people jot off to it, it's sex work. When we do it, it is. Yeah, it's just like how when we do stand up <laughs> comedy, that's sex work. That's true. Actually, it's not sex work when I do stand up <laughs> no. comedy. It's one of the only things that I do, do that, that isn't, isn't sex work. Actively, <laughs> um, it's like I watch men in the audience just rock hard when I get on stage, and it's just like a consistent rate of deflation as I get longer and longer into my set. Yeah. 
but you can't actually laugh when you have an erect penis. So it actually works out in my favor. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Trust me, I'm a doctor. I'm a urologist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, text templates. So, emotional labor. There's been a number of templates going around on Twitter that are recommendations on how to speak to your friends when they request emotional labor from you if you are not able to provide that. Yeah. So I just want to start out by saying that emotional labor discourse has really gone too far. This isn't like a controversial take. Everybody thinks that. Everybody thinks that the original concept of emotional labor was a lot more like we talked about this on the bonus episode, but about having to adopt a certain mood or perform a certain mood when you are in the workplace in order to be considered to be fulfilling your duties. Yeah. So like, for example, working in customer service and having to be just smiling and polite the entire time, even when the customer is throwing a raging fit over the thought that you don't have the specific solid dressing that they like or what have you. Or if there, you have a lot of stuff going on in your personal life, you still have to go to work and be really like on. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is advanced torture. It is. I work with a girl who's like crazy. Mm-hmm. And on Black Friday, she was like, if, some, if a customer yells at me today, I'm going to cry. I'm just going to cry. And then like an hour later, I walked by her on the floor and I was like, hey, Zoe, how's it going? And she's like, I can sell anything. <laughs> I can sell She's like, I can sell anything right now. <laughs> um, I think that's called hypomania. <laughs> oh, for sure. It absolutely is what is happening. <laughs> that's, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, she can sell anything, though. <laughs> I wish. So the main... I think this started with a text message that said, um, and then it started, the problem is it started a whole domino effect of people providing, like holding themselves up as exemplars of this concept, how to communicate with your friends via these very like pseudoscientific therapist, bad friend. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So the original template was, Hey, I'm so glad you reached out. I'm actually at capacity slash helping someone else who's in crisis slash dealing with some personal stuff right now. And I don't think I can hold appropriate space for you. Could we connect later date at time instead? Do you have someone else you could reach out to? Okay, listen. Mm -hmm. I've talked about this a lot with people and... My thing is that it's absolutely okay to assert your boundaries with your friends, Mm -hmm. but you should do it in a contextually appropriate way. And if you don't know your friend well enough to be able to do that, Mm -hmm. they shouldn't be asking you for this type of emotional labor and you can just ignore them. Yes. Right? So, yeah. So what I was going to say was, um, If you're a close enough friend and they're really having a problem, mm-hmm. you'll do it. You'll do it. Yeah. Regardless of what else is going on. If they're a close friend and they 
are always having a problem, it's probably safe to ignore it. Yeah. If or, they're the type of, or you know. to consider really what you're getting from this friendship and kind of a cost benefit analysis. Exactly. If somebody is constantly draining you yeah. because they are always one of those bitches who's just always having an emergency, yeah. which is impossible, by the way. We all know one of those bitches <laughs> that's always you having a problem. You can just stop being friends with that person. And if it's someone who's not a close friend, you don't owe them anything, so you don't have to answer them. Like, I get people pouring their fucking... You, not as much as you do, and especially not recently anymore, because I've really cultivated a, a cult of personality where people automatically know that I'm a cunt, and I only Thank do God. this sort of thing for five people max. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, you just don't have to do that. No, you don't have to. And if you feel like you have to, they better be reciprocating that. And if they're not, then like you said, that's not a healthy friendship. Well, that's why I've stopped being friends with men that have (laughs) um, straight men, specifically, that have kind of (laughs) no problem sharing their emotions. Right. Because it never stops. Yeah, because, like, you don't... You become a person who provides something to them. Yeah. So, I'm only friends with, like, men if we don't do that sort of thing. hmm Or, um, like, I'll just stop. Once yeah. they start requesting emotional labor for me, I'll just ignore them. And then if they keep doing it... I'll just ignore them enough times that they either decide if that's all they wanted to be my friend for or they'll stop doing it. Exactly, yeah. Well, friend of the pod mm-hmm. um, said that she feels like sometimes like she does emotional labor for like all of her boyfriend's friends because they don't have girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you don't have to be everyone's girlfriend. Well, that's right? that's the thing. A lot yeah. of men don't... They don't... They don't have healthy it's friendships. Like, oh, there's five guys who are all asking for emotional labor. Why can't they do that for each other? Like, Yeah, that's the problem know? because men, this is why I'm specifically saying straight men yeah. is because they don't talk about these things, a lot of them, with their friends. So even like in the context of a lot of heterosexual relationships, the woman is doing so much emotional labor and then the man isn't doing emotional labor for the woman. Yeah. She's doing all of that from her friends and her mm-hmm. mom. Yeah. <laughs> or another man. It's hard to say, right? It's hard right? to say. It could be anything. <laughs> Men, that's why you don't let your girlfriends be friends with lesbians. <laughs> um, what? It's just like a very... Um, it's just dark it is, to think yeah. about like friendships having billable hours. Well, this is the way I see it going. It's like, okay, somebody who's like a friend reaches out for you for support. Mm-hmm. You either do it mm-hmm. at that time. You say, hey, let's grab a coffee or something this week. And we mm-hmm. can talk about what's going yeah. on with you. Right? Because mm-hmm. that way you have the conversation for that period of time and then it's done. Yeah. Or you shut it down in whatever way is appropriate for that friendship. Like if you have a friendship where you don't always have to respond to each other. Mm-hmm. You can just ignore them. Or sometimes I have one friend who I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, send me all the information. I'll read it I later. Do that sometimes. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll read it later. 
Yeah. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Or sometimes even, like, depending on what it is, you can be like, okay, just call me. Yeah, that works too. Because then I can provide emotional support for 10 minutes versus over the course of an entire day of texting. Exactly, then it's done. (laughs) But I think the big problem with this is that it ties back into people being, like, terminally online and feeling like they can't disconnect. It's like, Mm -hmm. you don't owe people a response. Even someone who's your best friend, you don't have to talk to them all the time. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And... It's like, you're not a bad person for not being on your phone all the time. Yeah. So you don't have to provide a reason. (laughs) You know what I mean? We have a, a, like, the quintessential line to our friendship about me being friends with that girl and her throwing a fucking fit if I didn't answer her text messages. Bitch, are you gay? Quickly enough, literally. (laughs) Like, bitch, are you gay? I'm at work. (laughs) (laughs) like what's the fucking problem yeah but like i don't know how to explain this like when i talk to my friends i know i felt bad for freaking i thought i might freak you out today i thought you were doing a bit about emotional labor at first i'm glad you immediately knew that i was doing a bit because i wouldn't text you something that i would just text you what i needed to tell you yeah i wouldn't text you i have to tell you something because i'm not like a cryptic insane person um by Tess and Sophie I have to tell you something and then I didn't respond for like three minutes and I felt bad because I mean like if it was me I would have been having a panic attack for three minutes um but it was just that Evan Efson's Trevor to Fleetwood match on and it was good (laughs) um good is a loose term here but I liked it anyways I liked it okay I liked it it was very like I don't know if I think it was good yes which is exactly Which is what it was. What it was, it so was appropriate. It checked the box. Yeah. See, that's my other thing is like people all with these all of these templates really like hedge what you're getting at. Mm-hmm. And it's like just say it. And then that way people can decide whether they're going to respond or not. I, at that point, just give the information from the beginning. If somebody feels like they have to respond to you, that's their problem. Yeah. Right? Don't be like, "Hey, can I talk to you about something?" Yeah, plus it's, it's weird because it could be something so small. Also, like a lot of the time if you're like, can we meet for a coffee at a later date? And it's like, that's not really how urgent requests for emotional support work. Because yeah. probably if this person's in crisis, it, it'll probably be fine or at least manageable. It'll be in fine. In three days. Yeah. It'll be, <laughs> so it's like, it'll be manageable point? enough that they're not going to need to meet for like an uh, urgent emotional labor coffee with you three days later unless like their mom's dying their dog got run over they lost their job you know what i mean there's just a lot yeah unless it's some a lot of the times it's just like i mean uh, like i thought me and my partner were gonna break up or my boss yelled at me at work or yeah something that is very urgent obviously but can be dealt with quickly but and also like disawades over the course of several days yeah usually it's usually stuff like that and it's like okay so you can't text your friend for like five seconds and be like oh that sucks you know whatever damn that's crazy people make fun of things like that but yeah yeah. oh my god i'm so sorry that sucks yeah but it's like okay maybe we're not maybe we're not about (laughs) like tuned out but at the same time it's like it's not. How do you know that that's not what you would say, like, on the phone or in person or whatever, too? And what can you really say if someone's just having a fuck time? 
Yeah, damn, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> but it's like, maybe we're not the best people to speak mm-hmm. on this because we're both Pisces. And like, I know that I personally frequently toil away in the emotional labor mines. Yes. But. Yes. <laughs> I just don't understand why it's so difficult for the average person to assert boundaries. Yeah. Right? I, I keep saying this all the time, but it's like, I just think that if people, you either, if people fuck with you enough, you either have to decide, and it sucks because it's like, I'm like, oh, relationships aren't transactional. But ultimately, if someone is not a good person to have in your life, you can limit how much they're around you or cut them off entirely. Absolutely. Right? Um, I I specifically hate this template thing because it makes me feel like people are writing like workflows yeah. for dealing with their friends and loved ones. Like it's it's like you're um sending like templated messages is very much like taking in inquiries. Um, and trying to like empty your inbox at work or something. You're yeah. like, oh, I get hundreds of requests like this. Watch this. I just input the specific details <laughs> into this template and then I send it off. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, my other thing is like people are like, oh, some people have a really hard time like navigating these types of conversations. And it's like, okay, no offense. Mm-hmm. Who that has difficulty navigating these types of conversations actually gets requests for emotional labor? They don't. Right? And also... <laughs> this would, isn't, that's not a, that's a false narrative. Also, like, I would say that anyone can provide enough emotional support if they truly care about the person who is reaching out to them. Even if they're not good Even my... I love them so much, but, like, my, <laughs> uh, like, emotionally confused and stupid um little brothers are like good yeah they can figure it out yeah they (laughs) yeah because they care you know and like even um like my my boyfriend's autistic and like has to work very hard at like understanding what's going on with other people but i think because he has to work Mm-hmm. so hard at it he's actually a little bit more emotionally equipped than yeah. the average man at least in my experience when it comes to this sort of thing so it's like i think it's really like something that you can learn if you care yeah well that's or like, you can learn the specific people that you know and what they need what they and need, you can yeah. listen to them because they'll tell you what they need yeah and you don't have to do that for everybody no it's like our friend who's a comedian that's mm-hmm. on the spectrum was asking me about getting hate crimed at work mm-hmm. and he was like he was like I'm trying to understand what that feels like <laughs> yeah. and he's like but I'm sorry and I was like that's enough <laughs> you know what I but mean that's so sweet coming <laughs> from him right yeah. yeah my favorite text template that's been posted is the one about how to sext oh okay have you seen this one I have, yes. I've been having some sexual thoughts about you I'd like to share over text, if you'd enjoy that. I think that there's a way... Okay, I think that there is a way less clinical... Doesn't that text message just smell like bleach? It it re-virginized me. me. Yeah. It put my hymen back in. I'm so glad. (laughs) It just took... I just didn't fall off that bike when when I was dying. Um... It, 
I understand not wanting to text someone horny stuff when they are in a situation where it's not appropriate. Of course. Like, you would want to know if someone's in a meeting at work or hanging out with their mom or driving, you know? Whatever, You also don't want to set someone and then they can't respond for, like, half an hour because then you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. Um, Yeah. So you can just be like, yo, can I send you something, like, horny? Yeah. That's not weird, but it's conceptually exactly the same or, like, or like is now a good time to send a nude exactly and it's like <laughs> you know what i mean again it's because you just want to be resp- i guess you're technically asking for consent but more importantly you're checking that somebody's not going to see your titties over someone's shoulder on the bus or something unless that's what you want yes um <laughs> uh but i don't know it's the same thing i'm just like i don't understand why people can't use context like, there's gradations of being horny, right? Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> I don't think it's inappropriate. I'm having some sexual and you thoughts about be- you. I think you can be like, again, I do think it's polite to maybe, if you really, really want to drive home getting consent for sexting, mm-hmm. I do think it's polite to be like, is now a good time? Of course. For me to be horny? Yeah. But, I don't think that it's weird. It depends on what it is. Is it going to be like a picture of your like whole dick or like your, your whole asshole? pussy? Yeah. yeah. Or is it going to be like thinking about last night? So hot. Going totally crazy. I don't think that that's or some shit like that. Yeah. You know, I don't think that that's like <laughs> that requires consent. Well, that's it's my not, thing it's is like nice and should. it's not gross. You yeah. Know? It's like you shouldn't really be texting people like that if you haven't already established at least a baseline of it not being completely inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Okay, like contextually, yeah, you need to figure out if it's an appropriate time. Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't be texting somebody horny stuff out of, like, for no reason. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, there should be some understanding that that is an appropriate thing in your relationship you text them something that's horny but kind of milk toast and see how they respond exactly you know it's like the classic rough sex thing just pull someone's hair a little bit or put your hand close to their neck and see how they respond yes (laughs) (laughs) you don't you don't just jump into like slamming them against a wall or something right or sending them a picture of your asshole Without, uh, like, <laughs> dipping your toe in the water of what they're into. Like, I would just assume that if you're going to sex someone, you've probably at least ah, fucked them before. Or plan to fuck them, and it's understood that that is appropriate. There is future sex. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, why would you need to be, like, had some sexual thoughts with you that I would like to share, if that's all right? I think, you know how everybody was like, for a while, everyone was like, everyone should go to therapy. Now my new take is no one should go to therapy because they're learning stuff like this and it's not okay. <laughs> That's true, actually. It's actually yeah. the negative ramifications of like mental health Tumblr and everybody going to therapy or even worse, not going to real therapy. And I know there's a lot of barriers to therapy, but I'm just saying like making up bastardized <laughs> therapy, therapy and then posting it online <laughs> <laughs> all right 
<laughs> Jesus Christ, at least got an official, like, DBT workbook, workbook. Or yeah. <laughs> Get, a, like, an adult coloring book about how to ask for consent in your sexts or something. I can't talk about adult coloring books right now or literally ever. My coworker sent me a fucked up one the other day. What was it? I'll find it. Okay. Uh, People of Walmart coloring book. Oh no. Very 2009. <laughs> we get it. The lightings are the same colors or stand. It looks like she's not wearing pants. Yeah. That's my brand of humor. It's very funny. Yeah. All right, let's move on. <laughs> okay. Um. So Trump came out with a statement saying that he doesn't know Prince Andrew, even though there are several many photos of them together yeah which is really just it's a very mariah carey moment i don't know her immediately what i was thinking about who did she say she didn't know again katie perry no jennifer lopez okay jennifer and katie perry (laughs) i don't know her i think it's crazy that donald trump would not admit to knowing Prince Andrew. Obviously, all rich people know each other. Is he trying not to tie him back himself back to Epstein? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. And everybody already knows he likes young girls. Of course. Uh, we don't know how young, but... Young enough. Like, so he's going the outright denial route. I don't know if people were actually asking him if he knew prince andrew or if he was just like oh and also By i don't know way, him i don't know prince andrew and i've never hung out with him and pictures are fabrication <laughs> that's big you energy <laughs> it works though does it no <laughs> um, yeah prince andrew definitely did that shit the white <laughs> Not the White House. The uh, Buckingham Palace released a statement and said that um, Prince Andrew's accuser is lying. Right. And that my favorite thing about the Prince Andrew scandal is that he had to break up with Epstein mm-hmm. in person. <laughs> so He had dang. to friend break up with him in person. Oh, that's nice of him. Yeah. Have you ever had a friend break up in person? It's fu- really funny, okay, think about, like, like how couples, like, sit outside on park benches and break up and stuff. Yeah. Or, like... I'm trying to think. I haven't had that many friend breakups. Okay. I've only really had one, and we're friends again, so... I've had so many friend breakups, and obviously it's not me, um, it's them. Right. But... Have any of them happened in person? No. It's usually over text. I I have never, like, it's more like having an argument and then just never texting each other again. Literally. Yeah. yeah. So I did have a friend break up with somebody, and then we decided to be nice for the sake of our other friend because we were going to visit her. Oh, my God. At her apartment in another city. Oh, my God. Together. <laughs> and then we never talked. We just never talked to each after other that. again after that weekend. Are you gay? I'm at work. Yeah. Yeah. No, Uh, I've never had a friend break up in person because it's like, normally, if you're breaking up with a friend, 
it's not like there's like a reason specifically. Like it's not like I've thought about whether I want to be friends with this person or not. It's like something happens and you're like, okay, fuck that. Oh, you know? for me, it's always like I've thought about whether or not I want to be friends with this person. Oh, really? Except for one time I had a friend break up and it was like, definitely not my decision. Mm. It was... My be- own behavior was my decision, if that <laughs> makes it, it clear. It always is. <laughs> I caused a lot of problems at her Christmas party. Mm. To be fair, mm. um, that was probably a bad move for me. We were friends for a very long time, so... Oh, no. But- Anyways. Well, if, um, I've said it before and I'll say it again. If we ever friend break up, you have to do it in person. Yeah, I will. Okay, good. I don't think we will, though. Um, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> you used to always be like, when we get in a huge fight and you're not friends with me anymore. <laughs> well, just based on st- the t- statistical data that I have at hand, but my two main bid friend break ups, there were a couple that were more cut and dry where, like, you know, I fought to die, who yeah. someone liked or whatever, and then we, like, became friends again afterwards. So we had a friend break up, and then it was You're fine back, afterwards. Yeah. Um, things like that, where it's more tangible, like, transient, stupid bullshit, right? Yeah. It happens when you're, like, 18. Um, but the t- the three main friend break- friendship breakups I had, it was, like, one of us just decided that we couldn't tolerate being around this type of person anymore Mm. you know so it's kind of like a romantic relationship almost where you can put aside someone's flaws you have to decide on the flaws that you can live with yeah basically right yeah so if you're like oh my partner like oversleeps it's like okay you can probably get over that or whatever sure if it's like my partner throws a huge fucking fit if i don't respond to their text messages within an hour when i'm at work (laughs) (laughs) bitch are you gay i'm at work (laughs) that's that's a good cause to end a friendship yeah or like i had a friendship end because i was working on my sobriety for the first time um and my friend was horrible about it yeah yeah constantly pressuring me to drink oh and my use. god um and this person like couldn't be trusted she actually messaged me for the first time in forever like two months ago um but this person couldn't be trusted to basically like look out for me if i blacked out mm. you know so i was getting into really sketchy situations all the time and i was always babysitting her because she was always fucked up too yeah that's but not good. she wouldn't she would be too fucked up to do, like, the Anything. same for me. She just leave me alone all the time. Yeah, that's and, like, not good. Very, very fucked states. So. And then when you were being sober, she would want you to not be sober. Yeah, and it's she like, was for just what? always constantly to, like, be like, no, eat this, no, drink this, no, do this drug, the blah, fuck? blah, stop that guy's dick. And it's like, you're not a positive influence in my that's life. That's psycho. You know? The only friend breakups I've had are people that I was also fucking... Okay. That makes sense. That's fair. But they're not breakups because we weren't dating. Like, we were friends, but... I've had that happen, obviously. Yeah. Lots of times. But I wouldn't call those friend breakups. I would call that, <laughs> like, I was fucking some guy and he thought we were friends and we were. But now I guess we don't talk to each other. We used to, but mostly because we were fucking. <laughs> I guess, yeah. But if you've been friends with someone for, like, a while... And then you and start, then you start fucking, fucking? Okay. 
right? Mm-hmm. But that's like my fault. Yeah, of course. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Should we do beats? Yeah, it's time to talk about the internet. The internet. The internet. The internet. The internet. Okay. Sophie. All right, listen. Alanis Morissette is doing a tour mm-hmm. with Liz Fair. Okay. For the 25th anniversary of the Jagged Little Pill album. Mm-hmm. And she's not coming to Ottawa. Okay. She has one Canadian date, and it's in Toronto. She's from Ottawa. That makes no sense. I know. Like, stop in on your parents. Aren't they old? You have a brother that lives here. Can't you fucking do that? Yeah. I just don't understand why she wouldn't come here. I wouldn't be surprised if it was anyone who wasn't from Ottawa. No, because me neither. Because normally if there's one Canadian date, of course it's, it's Toronto. It's Toronto or Montreal, maybe. But, like, yeah. I just don't understand why she wouldn't come to Ottawa. Yeah. It doesn't... It, it's not gonna not make you money. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, of course it doesn't it make sense not to. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Yeah. I really wanna go. Me too. Okay. Okay. Cool. We can go. That's a lot. I had a dream yeah. the other day. So, obviously, you're, you're familiar with the words of Liz Fair. Yes, of course. She has a song called HWC, which is just about, it's like a love song to Tom. Yeah. And I had a dream that. Liz, Liv Tyler, okay, as Arwen, playing an elf in Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. actually wrote HWC. Wrote HWC. I feel like, and it was her song. I feel like you predicted that this tour was gonna happen. Maybe in my dream. Yeah, but the whole reason why was I got mad that my boyfriend thought it was hot, because he was like, "Oh my god, an elf that loves go." <laughs> you were mad. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, the only elf in Middle Earth with lip fillers. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Jesus. And she loves to drink cum so much she wrote a song about it. <laughs> Honestly, Liz Fair is an icon for that one. She has a lot of... Uh, she has a, a lot of iconic she's ones. She's a problematic fave, but... Yeah, do you remember when she got canceled for being racist towards Mexican people? I do, unfortunately. I still want to see her, though. <laughs> Liz is important. Yeah. It's like divorced mom who's still hot rock. Yeah, really. An exit from Guyville. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I just like, I feel like there might be more Canadian dates released, mm-hmm. but I don't want to hedge my bet on that. No. You know what fuck I mean? It. Fuck it. Don't my friend who just moved Toronto. to BC was mm-hmm. so mad. Yeah. Yeah, because she turned on if it was in Toronto or if she in, lived here and it was in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. But she just moved. She's so mad. <laughs> I was like, well. Who does garbage make music for? What? <laughs> well, if Liz Fair is like divorce mom music. Yeah. Dude. I know every word to Jagged Little Pill and I have since I was like a little kid. Because I yeah. just grew up with a single mom in the 90s. And it's just like soundtrack stuff. Yeah, that's just what you listen to. It's like, yeah. it, there's no other option. No. <laughs> Imagine being, like, letting your four-year-old listen to, um, what's the name of the breakup one? You ought to know. You ought to know. Yeah. Yeah. Iconic. But, sorry, that was a huge brain freeze. My my friend who just moved to BC told me that mm. she had only ever heard the censored version 
<laughs> until she was like 15 and then she heard the actual version and she was like whoa <laughs> <laughs> do it for her damn she'd go down on him in a theater <laughs> that's that's wife shit yeah that's wife shit mm-hmm. it is I feel like the demographic at that concert is going to be insane. Yeah. It's going to be all women and gays. Of course. Of course. That's as it should be. Yes. There should not be men allowed there. No. It's not your time. It's not your space. It's like when you go to an Adele concert and everybody's crying and texting their ex. <laughs> you know what's really embarrassing? What? When you listen to like... Um... A really sappy song. Yeah. And it's like an embarrassing sappy song and it makes you think of someone and you're like, should I text them? Yeah. And tell them, even if it's someone that you're allowed to text. Yeah, but yeah. But the song choice is just so embarrassing. And you're like, like, why can't I by Liz Fair? You're going to admit that you're listening to that <laughs> song why can't and thinking I, yeah. somebody? That's crazy. <laughs> That's like, there's one Dixie Chick song that always reminds me of one of my friends and it's mm-hmm. Wide Open Spaces. And I'm like, I can't tell them that. <laughs> Right? (laughs) (laughs) And what for? Alright, do you have a beef this week? I do. Mine is also music related. Nice. Music bitch media. Um so Billie Eilish (laughs) in an interview this week said that she didn't know who Van Halen was. Yeah. And the 35 plus year old men on the internet were really having a normal one about it this is like when i said hole was better than nirvana oh yeah absolutely exact same energy yeah um and they were they were freaking out and my problem was it's like why would billy eilish know who van halen is why should she know who van halen is and how would that help her ultimately how does that detract from anything that she's like already achieved as a musician it doesn't no it's not relevant to her music style either. It's not relevant to her music style, but also like arguably. So <laughs> I get so frustrated with things like this because in like artistic mediums, there's just like this attitude from like older people who sometimes do the art, but sometimes just really enjoy yeah. consuming it that you'll never be good at something unless you really meticulously study the classics. What are the classics in this case? Nobody knows. Like, they're... No, but seriously, they're arbitrarily chosen. They change all the time. It's gatekeeping in the true sense. Yeah. That's the actual meaning of gatekeeping. (laughs) Before you say that you're a comedian, like, there's always some guy who's not a comedian... Who's like, oh, you think you can tell jokes? Okay, first you have to answer these riddles three. And it's like, do you know who Lenny Bruce is? Do you know who George Carlin is? Do you know who some other old fucking guy who's dead who I don't care about is? Have you watched Seinfeld? And it's like, it's like, yes, I know who that is. Yes, I know who that is. Yes, I know. I've heard of Seinfeld. No, I have not seen any of them. But you don't have to. No, it doesn't matter. No, of course not. And... It's just all up to personal taste. Yeah. It's just done to detract from what people have already done. First of all, also, they don't in assuming that you haven't 
done it done those yeah. things and also i would pause it to say i don't even know if they liked those things i think a lot of the time they're dick riding for those things because they think that they're supposed to that's probably true Imagine if I got mad at an eight-year-old for not knowing who Whitney Houston was. <laughs> you should. Yeah. That's that's your problem. You're too easy on these eight-year-olds. <laughs> what the fuck do you mean you don't know who sang How Do I Know? <laughs> or How Will I Know? <laughs> I fucked up the name. <laughs> A little track called I Will Always Love You? No? Oh my god. You <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and then people were, people really going at me, but I also would posit that, first of all, like, people who make arguments like that also don't understand how influence works. So it's like, even if, (laughs) this is probably unlikely, just Van Halen sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Even if Billie Eilish didn't know who Van Halen was, it's probably pretty difficult to imagine that she hasn't listened to anyone else who was influenced by Van Halen. Yeah. Right? She might even really like some people who are influenced by Van Halen. That's just how it works. It's like, so for example, if someone's like, I really want to start a podcast, but I've never listened to a podcast before, a lot of people will be like, well, you have to listen to Dumb Bitch Media first. Um, And I would say that that's wrong. Because nobody should be starting podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> top 50 placid podcasts you have to listen that will to. change your life um no but it's like when people are like oh you have to watch seinfeld it's like we've said this before but i've i've seen arrested development thank you of course and also i think that it kind of breaks up the monotony and the sameness the homogeneity of the influence Yeah, and of art in general, if everybody isn't... Obviously, like, people interpret things that they see differently, but if everybody is being influenced by different things, that's a positive. Because you're getting more diverse products, which is great. Yeah. Of course. And also, arguably, being influenced too much... I think can actually like hinder creativity. It's better to have a diversity of influence because you're less likely to mimic or copy. Exactly. A lot of good comedians, I think, are are very, very versed in comedy and they, they were big comedy fans and they really, really watched it and learned a lot about it before they started. I think a lot of very good comedians don't know fuck all about comedy theory when they start. No. It, they, it may be internalized by watching stuff, but... I don't watch stuff anymore mm-hmm. because I don't want it to get into my brain. Yeah, no. Accidentally, you know? Me neither. And that doesn't mean that I'm not consuming, like, organic comedic materials. Of course not, or yeah. consuming materials that I can find things that are funny within. Yeah. But exactly, like, I don't want... I'm not going out of my way to sit down and watch Netflix specials. My voice to be diluted. Exactly. Unless we have to review them for our comedy podcast. (laughs) In which case, I will. I will. (sighs) Take one for the team. Anyways. All that to say, okay, boomer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, boomer. I just hate Jimmy Fallon. 
You hate Jimmy Fallon? Yeah. Okay. He seems sad to me. I think he's he drinks a, too he's much. He's an alcoholic, yeah. He drinks too much? Okay. Yeah. He hates his wife? Yeah. Or but he's, he's very, like, holier than thou about that type of stuff. He's, and it's like, you don't really do comedy. Mm-hmm. You're not a musician. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that you can speak on these things all the time? Just He's just been allowed to for a long time now, I guess. <laughs> all all right. right. Sweets of lead? Yeah. Do you have a dumb bitch this week? Oh. Uh, you go first. I don't have one. Oh, you don't have one? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. My tweet of the week. Okay. So my tweet of the week is from Dana Donnelly. Very Repeat funny. tweet of the week, but that's mm-hmm. okay. At Dana Donnelly, uh, mm-hmm. I never took improv, so I don't know how to yes and, but I never took improv, so I do know how to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> Does that imply that people who do improv don't have sex or they have a lot of bad sex? Because I think it's both. It's I think both. It's a toss they either don't have sex or they have really bad sex. And a lot of Trust it. me. I would know. <laughs> and a lot of it, yeah. Queen. Improvisers are some of the horniest people. Disgusting and vocal and about it's perverse. it. And perverse. Yes. Okay, my tweet of the week is from Shosti okay. at SH44STI, and she said, American girls think going to France is the epitome of culture, when in reality it's just dating a 34-year-old chain smoker who says things like, l'arabe are subhumane. <laughs> How did I know that that was going to be your tweet of the week? <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I know. It's like you can just go to Quebec. Literally, you don't need get, to go to France. Get your whirlwind European romance at home. That's the problem, though. A bitch gets one detail of the Eiffel Tower on her wall. All of a sudden, she's fantasizing about skinny guys that just have, like, really bad cigarette hands and just say, like, the most racist stuff, but you and think they've teeth. read at least one book, so you just let them get away with it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you can't really understand them. I don't know. I've never listened to Taylor Swift. <laughs> That's not true. I listened to Taylor Swift on the way home from work today. Oh, my God. I was listening to her, like, two days ago. She did remits of Lover with Shawn Mendes. What? Yeah. I was listening to her. So many bitches are going to have the first dance of their wedding to that song. Good for them. It's going to be the wedding song of this year. A few years ago, it was the Ed Sheeran one about his lights not working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? <sighs> wedding song. That's a whole this, that's The a wedding whole thing. song of this year is going to be Lover by It's going to be Lover. Swift. Yeah. Can I just say that Lover is just a slowed down version of that Mazzy Star song? What song? I'll show, I'll show you. Okay. It's like the same song. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Christmas It's the country version. Yeah. Yeah. Let's wait for the, the voice. Come on, girl. Yeah. Same song. <laughs> Lover still bangs, though. It does bang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's better, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we call it quits? Yeah. Okay. That's it. This is the last episode ever. Sorry, guys. Dumbage Media was a project. <laughs> <laughs> a psychological experiment. <laughs> One-year psychological experiment. Ladies and gays, listeners in general, you failed. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. See you guys next week. Bye.